Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host. Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And today is special. Today is special. We are going to do something for the first time ever. And this very well might be the first time ever in the world this particular thing is going to happen. Do you want to know what it is? On today's show, for the first time ever, anywhere uh, in the world, we're just going to say it. You know what? We're just going to say it. In the world, world premiere, we are going to interview ChatGPT on the show. Did you know that ChatGPT can be interviewed? Well, ChatGPT was interviewed, and we are going to ask it, what do we need to know as small business owners? And its answers are going to blow your mind. I interviewed ChatGPT and my head exploded. So this is really fun. We're gonna do that later on in the show. We're also going to address two really important topics for small business owners. Alexis Caldicott's gonna come on and talk about how to fill an event with people that want to buy your program. Because if you're a coach, a consultant, a content creator, a subject matter expert of any kind, you often will have an event to tell people about what you do and then try and make a big sale at the end. But sometimes it doesn't work so well. Alexis is an expert on building events that convert to sales. We will ask her about that. We will also talk with one of my favorites, Michael Rampola of Spirity, about how to make a change. Because right about now, as the weather's warming up, if you're like me, you're looking down and saying, boy, I'd like to lose a few pounds, or man, I'd like to make more sales calls, or boy, I'd like to do this. Changing your habits is impossibly hard. And Michael Rampola is going to teach us how to make it easier. That is coming up in today's show. But we'll start by solving a problem because, hello, I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, and what I do is I solve small business problems. I was asked about a situation where this client had all of the signs that they had a bang-up business, except they weren't making any sales. They talked about how they've got a lot of traffic on their website and that they're getting a lot of interest at networking, and people seem to be really interested in buying their product. However, they weren't pulling the trigger and making the sale. Now, before I answer this question, I'll just say, this is the exact type of question that we answer inside the Idea Collective for Small Business Owners. We do a group brainstorm three times a week called the Idea Slam. This is exactly what we would do. The person would come in, they'd pull up their website, they'd talk about their problem, and then we'd solve it. So that's there. So if you ever wanted this for your business, an Idea Slam is where it's at. 
But if you're getting a lot of interest on your offers, a lot of curiosity, but they're not pulling the trigger, here's the reason why. They're not sold. I know that's an obvious answer, but they're not sold that your transformation is going to come if they buy the product. If they click the button and they say, yes, do this for me, they're interested in the outcome, but they can't tell themselves that they know you're going to provide the outcome if they ask you to. So they're asking the question, why you? They're not asking a question about the transformation. They would love to have the transformation come true, whatever product you're selling or service you're providing. But they're not sold that you're the one that can deliver that transformation if they buy it from you. So how can you build your trust? They know you. They like you. They just don't trust you enough yet. So how can you build the trust level so they know that you will deliver the transformation when they click that magical, delicious buy now button? Well, I've got like, what, five or six different ways to do it. One way you could do it is a trial. You could offer them a trial at a discount or for free. You can show them how the service works. That's the first thing you could do. Another thing you could do is create some videos that walk them through the transformation, showing them proof of concept. Now, if you go this way, I beg you, I beg you, I'm on both knees begging you, make those videos as authentic and real as possible. Walk them through the step-by-step process of how they might be feeling during the transformation and what they can expect during the transformation. If you make a video to show proof of concept that's really slick and beautiful and perfect, it may not resonate with them. Because I feel today everyone's BS detectors are like super Doppler 9000 right now. So make it as real and as authentic as possible. We're talking about how to build that trust so people convert when they're thinking about buying your products. So here's another one. Social proof. Who have you helped that would be willing to tell people how you helped them? I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. I use Bob's Chiropractic, and now I hit my golf ball farther. Or I use Bob's Chiropractic, and now I'm not in pain any longer. You want real people to look into a camera and tell the potential client in real words how you helped them. This is something that's really simple. Google reviews are great. Video is even better. How about research? Can you show them how your product provides a result through research? Product, service, whatever it is. But here's the proof. Here's the scientific proof. Here's the actual data that shows what I did for someone. And then here's the last one. De-risk the process altogether and offer a money-back guarantee. This happens all the time. When I'm coaching someone and this topic comes up, I say to them, okay, if you did X, Y, and Z, do you think they'd get the result, at least a miniature result? And every single time the person says, of course, of course, if I do X, Y, and Z, they're absolutely gonna get a result. Okay, then offer it as a money-back guarantee. And then they'll stop and they'll blink And they'll look at me and they'll go, oh, yeah. So if you said to a prospect, 
I will get you this result and I guarantee it that will de-risk the process to the potential client. So all of those things that could build your trust, trials, videos, social proof, research, and a money-back guarantee all speak to your ability to provide the transformation. There's one more thing I want to hit on while we're talking about this process. We're talking about how to convert lurkers into clients, people that love what you're doing, but they just haven't pulled the trigger. And when you're in that point, when you're in that point, there's one big red flashing button that makes you think, if I just push this button, people will say yes, and I'm begging you not to press the button. Now, I'm saying it that exact way because how irresistible is it to press that red flashing button? It's pretty irresistible, right? You want to press the button. And that button is your pricing. Oh, boy. It is so tempting to think if I discount the price, then someone will buy. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'll tell you why. If you said hey, I need open heart surgery. Oh, and this surgeon is only $12. Would you go to that surgeon? No. You would assign value to their ability to perform based on their price. If it's important, it's going to have value. And if you discount your price in the client's mind, you may also be discounting the value of the transformation. It is super tempting to do, but do not adjust your price. My favorite quote about pricing comes from my friend Sarah Bauer, and it's very simple. It says, price is an issue when value is absent. So we need to get after demonstrating the value, and we need to get after demonstrating the trust that you can provide that transformation for your client. Build the trust, and you'll see more conversions. Now, remember, if you're sitting there right now thinking, I have a challenge like this, I'm stuck. Being stuck is a choice. When the Pat Miller Show and the Idea Collective are standing by to help you think through these processes, hit up patmillershow.com to be a guest or to join the community, and we would be happy to help you. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk with my friend Michael Rampola, how to make a change in your habits. This conversation is so good. And it's coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. 
Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. In this segment, we like to bring the smartest people that we can find to come in and we give them kind of a tough challenge. They can teach on so many things, but, you know, being radio and we're taking an hour to work on our business, not in our business, we don't have a ton of time. So we take really smart people and we say, of all the things you have, what is one thing that people need to learn? And we find when we do that, we get something really good that's going to help you get back to work and make more money. Now, we're broadcasting live from the Idea Collective Retreat. Let's welcome to the Pat Miller Show, Michael Rampola, strategist and coach from Spirity. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to see you, friend. Now, tell everyone what you do with Spirity, and then we'll talk about what you're going to teach us today. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, At Spirity, we help business owners transform their company into a scalable enterprise. And we do that by fostering a growth mindset and holding them accountable to their vision. Ooh, that's the fun part, isn't it, for you as the coach, is holding them accountable to the vision. Absolutely. All right, so what are you going to teach us today? Um, I want to talk about why change is so hard. Ooh. Because it is. Yeah, just pick something really small, right? Why change is so hard. Um, Change is hard. We all know change is hard, but I think once I break down why it's hard, we'll all see a way to do something about it. So here's why change is hard. Well, let me actually give you the numbers because you know I love the data. So change is hard. It's so hard that given a life-threatening change, let's say something awful happens and Pat, you uh, need to go in for major surgery and they say, listen, as a result of this, you need to, you know, take a, change your lifestyle, change your habits, um, you know, get some more exercise, change your diet um, and, you know, take this little medication once a day and, and then you won't have to come back in for surgery ever again and you'll be fine. The odds are nine to one against you making that change. Even if it's life-threatening. Absolutely. This is, this is from studies on people who've gone through open heart life-saving surgery. Okay. And they say, change your diet, change your exercise, and take this little medication to prevent this from happening again. Odds are nine to one that you'll make the change to save your own life. Okay. Which is terribly daunting. Yes. And here's why. The reason is we use what we think are the, the it's, these are the, the false things that make people change. These are the things we try to use that don't work. Right. Facts. Facts don't work. Because it's very easy for me to discount facts that I don't like. And the cognitive dissonance, that doesn't... <laughs> it's true. true. And I say me, and I mean the royal me. Right. Um, any, anybody can do this. We're very good at discounting facts that don't fit our current schemas. Number two is fear. Fear is not a motivator for change. Now, I'm, I've literally you know, threatened you with your own life here, and that doesn't do anything to improve the chances of success. And the other thing is force. And if you have kids and you've ever tried to get the kids out of the house quickly, you know that force doesn't work to get any human to do what you need them to do. They go slower. This is what I'm saying. Tie your shoes and somehow they're going backwards. I don't know how it's magic. I don't know. So you can't use facts, fear, and force. Those are the false levers of change. But if you ask someone, give me three ways that they might change their behavior, those are the first three things they're going to pop up. And that's why the odds are so bad. Okay for actually changing when we use those things. All right, so we're talking about why change is hard. We know now what doesn't work. Michael Rampolo from Spirity, what do we do? Well, I got, I got to tell you why what works works before I can tell you what works. Do that. Okay, I will. <laughs> All right, I want you to picture where you are as the current state and where you're trying to go as the future state, okay. right? There's, two, there's four forces of change. There's two forces against you making the change and two forces working for your advantage, All right. Here's what's working against you. Number one is fear of the future. 
So we're trying to use fear as a lever for change. And I just, and I'm going to tell you by definition, the future is unknown and therefore we fear it. And it's actually going to work against you going towards the future. So that's working against you. The other thing that's working against you is comfort. Where I am right now, though maybe not desirable, is comfortable because it's familiar. So you literally hear about the comfort zone. That's a real thing. It's a real thing that keeps you where you are. Even as bad as your situation is, it's familiarity makes it comfortable. That's working against you. Okay. Here's what's working for you. An unmet need. Some need that you have that's not being met makes you start to get up and look around and think about possibilities for making a change. All right. Uh, the example I was thinking about is I'm sitting on the couch, I'm comfortable, I'm watching TV, and I'm a little bit hungry. That gets me thinking about getting up out of my chair, right? But if I'm not confident that there's like good food in the kitchen right now or even in the refrigerator, maybe I'll wait, right? That, that's, I start to move, but I don't. Now, I'm, now I haven't overcome mm-hmm. the two forces. I need one more, and it's confidence. Ooh. The missing force that we typically discount when we're trying to get somebody to move forward is the need for confidence in that future state. Now, is that confidence generated by knowing if we take action, we will be successful, or knowing if we take action, we have better odds of being successful? Like, tell me about this confidence that we need to then act upon the unmet needs. The confidence you need, there's two kinds of confidence. There's personal confidence, and there's process confidence. Okay, personal confidence comes from within. I've be, I have been successful in the past, I can think about my, the, the wins that I've had. I'm re- recalling the times that I've gone to the kitchen and there was good food there. And so everything's going to be fine. That's personal confidence coming from experience. Mm-hmm. Process confidence is I know that this process works. I follow this sequence of steps. I get the desired outcome, right? Um, I've never built this Ikea shelf before, but, oh, but the picture looks nice and the instructions are clear. And if I just follow this process, I can get... What you've never? Why you got to bring up IKEA, I'm man? Sorry. Is, is it, IKEA. Am I triggering? I'm sorry. Ooh, man. Yeah. Okay. A, uh, no, go on quickly. Okay. IKEA right, and me on. are not friends. Sorry to hear that. Um, well, let's use that then to your advantage. Um, let's because <laughs> IKEA offered. They offered. They may. They may or may not still do this. They'll send somebody over to build it with you. That's a thing, right? And that's actually one of the keys to that confidence that we're missing. So I told you the three things that don't work. Facts, fear, force, right? Here's the three true keys to change. First one is relate. I need to have somebody, not me, that I can relate to, that I can see has done this before. Since I've never done it, I need to find somebody who has. I need to see somebody doing it successfully. And I need to have some sort of a connection to them. I need to literally relate to them and see a little bit of me in them to give me that confidence to get going. That's the first part. That person, it can be a person, it can be a group. Let me go back to your, your terrible life-threatening surgery. This is a group of other people, at least one person who of, whom of which has made the lifestyle changes. And I can follow their lead and they're, they're going to tell me, it's hard and it's okay and here's how I got here. It's a group setting. You know, this is why group therapy works. It's the same idea. Second thing is repeat. That community or that person that's going to come alongside of me, that coach, mentor, or group, they're going to be with me as I learn my new behaviors. As I repeat, 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 and build new forms and new habits, that group is there to sustain me through the learning a new habit, which we all know how that goes. And the last thing is reframe. So I've got relate, somebody I can follow along, coach, mentor, trainer. Repeat, sustaining the new habit, the new behavior. And the last thing is reframe. And this is the most fascinating one for me from a psychological perspective. If I can't retell my story from my new place, and understand how this is the new me, then a part of me will self-sabotage myself back to the old way because it's familiar and comfortable and I know it so well. 
So if the new me is a non-smoker, I need to be able to tell the story of why I am that person now and also reconcile why it was so hard to get here. If it took me 20 years to get here, I need to be able to tell the story about why that was hard and why suddenly all of a sudden here I am now. If I wasn't a small business owner and now I am, and that's a part of my identity, I need to be able to tell that story in a way that enables me to land and anchor the new me going into the future, especially if somebody from my past is trying to drag me back with their fear, force, and facts. So if you've tried to make a change before, you've threatened yourself, you have scared yourself to death, you've done all of the things that you think come naturally and they don't work, now you know what does. Change, it's hard, but it just got easier. Michael Rampolo from Spirity, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks so much. How about we fill your next event with buyers? Alexis Caldecott is on the air next. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face -face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And one of the best ways that you can get yourself in front of ideal clients is by having a great event. It may be online, it may be in person, but either way, getting folks together to be a part of what you're doing, ah, it's a great way to build the business. However, it can be tough to get people in the room either virtually or in person, people are busy. So how do you capture their attention and fill your next event? Good news, we've got an expert standing by that's going to tell us exactly how to do it. Joining us today is Alexis Caldecott. She's the owner of the A-Team Event Company. Alexis, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Hello, hello. I'm fabulous, Pat. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, I'm glad you're here because we need your help. It's become (laughs) so commonplace for people to have events, but it is not commonplace to have an event that's chock full of great people. So when (laughs) someone says, oh, my gosh, Alexis, help me. I need more people to come to my events. How do you start the conversation about what we should do to do a better job of filling them? Yeah, yeah. It's a common question I get all the time. And it really comes down to quality over quantity quality over quantity because anyone can go out and stand out with one of those wacky air balloon guys, right? <laughs> and get people to come in and fill in a bed or hand out money, right? We can all fill a room. What we really want to do is fill it with buyers. We want to fill it with quality people. So we've had clients with 30 people in the room close multiple six figures. So it's really about quality over quantity. So the first thing is focus on who you want there, right? We call that, Pat, Benjamin Button. You got a Benjamin <laughs> Remember that creepy movie? <laughs> yes, I do. Where Brad, Brad Pitt, you like reverses. Anyways, you got to reverse it. You got to start with the end in mind. You got to look at who do I want at this event? Who is my dream client buyer? And what are they buying? And then work backwards from there. Too many times we get excited about the event. And we just want to go out there, put the dates on the calendar and start going. But we need to slow down. We need to plan this out. We need to look at who are we really designing this for? What are they buying and work backwards from there? And there's all kinds of marketing models to help you do that. But in the nutshell, the simplified version is step by step, one at a time, work backwards. Who is this for? What are they buying? Why do they need it? And those sorts of things. That's the first thing, Pat. That's how you know you're talking to an expert, because instead of saying, how do we fill our events with a bunch of people, an expert will stop us and say, wait a minute, that's not the right question. How do you fill your event with people that are ready to buy? So I really appreciate that course correction and that shift of thinking, because you're right. If we had 150 people there, but only 50 of them are potentially uh, ideal clients, then we only need 50 people there. 150 is just nothing but ego and helping us feel like we made a bunch of noise. So when you're dealing with someone that is stuck on the number of people in the room, how do you gently course correct them to you don't need everyone, you just need the right people? Right. Well, the proof is in the puddings. (laughs) So when they see clients of ours have a 90, 95% profit margin and they're closing high percentages of the room, you know, sometimes 50, 60, 70% of the room, they are like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, because um, the the higher the intimacy, the higher the conversion. Mm. The higher the intimacy, the higher the conversion. And when you have a smaller room, you have higher intimacy. You're able to connect better, get to know people on, on a more one-on-one basis, call them by name, give them direct attention. And because of that intimacy that you build with them, they're more likely to buy. So like you said, perfectly. It's ego, really, most of the time when people want the big rooms. And hey, Go for it if you can do it. But a lot of business owners aren't able to fill rooms with hundreds of people anymore unless you have a massive list and a lot of connections. And if you don't, that's okay. You got to build a strategy for your event that's based on where you are. And there's nothing wrong with where you are in your business. You just have to have the right strategy for you and where you are, not copycat someone else's. So we start with who we need in the room because we want to fill it with buyers. Then we lean into the idea that it's going to be an intimate environment so we can get to know them and really affect the conversation. But when it is time to invite those ideal people to the events, now what do you tell people once they're clear on who they want? How do you start doing the tactics of filling the room? Yeah, I say go Marie Antoinette style. You got to let them eat cake. Let them (laughs) eat cake. And I'll explain (laughs) what I mean, Beth. 
right? When you're marketing your event, people go right for the kill. Hey, come to my event. Tickets are this. The dates are this. Come to my event. Come to my event, right? They're going right for it. We need some love. We need some nurture. We need some chocolate. We need some frosting, right? So what I mean by let them eat cake is you can't just blast people with promotions for your event. You first have to show them why the heck should they come. You have to give them something yummy and delicious first. You have to talk about what is their top of mind pain, right? So their top of mind pain, what is it that's really bothering them and keeping them up at night? Because nine times out of 10, they're oblivious to you are the solution for them. They are not aware of the level of the problem that they have and that you are the solution. They're not aware of the true source of the problem. So when you create marketing that addresses their top of mind pain, you get to do what I like to do with my toddler, hide the broccoli and the chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) You give them what they want, the cake, which is all the stuff on the top of mind that's bothering them. But you hide in the broccoli. You give them what they really need, the real nutrients. You teach them, you educate them. What is the real thing that they need? And when you can do that, you can give them what they want and educate them on what they need. Now, now you've got people that are like, oh my gosh, this person really gets me. This person really knows me. I got to go to this event. So when you're putting the event agenda together, are you then workshopping that or focus grouping that against a couple of your ideal clients to get their reaction? Are you going about it a different way? How do we find out what is broccoli and what is cake? Great question. Well, a lot of times we know. We just need to do a little bit of digging ourselves deep down. You can do focus groups. You can totally reach out to your clients. Your clients have a depth of information. What was their pain? What were they struggling with before they hired you? Um, But quite honestly, Pat, this should be something you already know before you're doing an event. Because think of it, this is like lead magnets, right? A lead magnet, your webinars, those things should all be on the top of mind pain. So when you educate them on what it is that's really bothering them and educate them on what they need, now you're giving them the cake and you're giving them the broccoli. And now it's a natural progression into registering for your event. We're talking with Alexis Caldicott, and we're talking about how to fill your events with buyers so you can make money next time you bring people together. And you mentioned registration, and something I want to ask you about is the massive attrition that some people see with virtual events. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there, and they never show up. Any ideas or tips on how to entice them to actually convert on the accepted uh, registration so they don't ghost you on the day of the event? Oh, totally. A hundred percent. It's a huge issue. When when COVID hit and everything went virtual, that was one of the biggest problems that popped up was attrition just plummeted. You know, people um, or spiked, I should say, right? People weren't showing up. So one of the, there are 10 different stick strategies on how to get people to show up for sake of time. I'll share the number one. The number one is also the number one way to fill an event. Personally, reach out to each and every attendee. We all know when it's AI. AI ain't fooling anybody. (laughs) You need to personally reach out or have someone on your team personally reach out. That's going old school. Pick up the phone and call them. Text them. DM them. Email them. But it needs to be a personal one-on-one. We can always tell when it's mass-produced and we can always tell when there's fake robots involved, right? So personally reach out. It creates 
accountability. They realize that they are not someone on an assembly factory line. You see them, they matter to you, you want them to be there. So personally reaching out is the number one way to get people to buy tickets and it's the number one way to get them to show up. So you should be reaching out to all of your leads to get them to come. And then once they register, the next round of reach outs is reaching out to them to say, hey, you got your ticket, you're coming, right? It's a brilliant strategy. And I didn't think we'd talk about cake and personal connections and intimacy but when we talked about events and how to fill them. Uh, but this is really great stuff because so many people are trying to bring their ideal clients together so they can catapult their sales now and into the future. Alexis Caldicott, owner, A-Team Event Company. Thank you so much for coming on The Pat Miller Show. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Pat. A great conversation. Alexis, thanks for coming on this edition of The Pat Miller Show. Okay, let's do our show you should know. The show you should know is powered by Podcast Town. Podcast Town helps busy small business owners grow their business through podcasting. They help you launch, grow, and maximize your podcast. Learn more at podcasttown.net. This week's show you should know, The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing Podcast. When small business owners know they need marketing, yet you have no idea where to start, start there. Find The Rebel Girl's Guide to Marketing Podcast and all of our recommended small business podcasts at patmillershow.com. Okay, listen up. We're going to do something that's never been done before in the history of radio that I know of. We are going to interview ChatGPT. And the conversation is so lifelike, it might freak you out just a little bit. Coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, and we are going to do something absolutely wild. For the first time ever on my show, I'm going to interview a robot. We are going to interview ChatGPT4, the bright, shiny, new artificial intelligence that everyone is talking about. Now, when I put this interview together, I typed in the questions that I'm going to read, and then ChatGPT gave me the answers that you hear. This is unedited. Once I got the text, I threw it through Descript's AI voice generator. So that way you could hear ChatGPT 
on the radio. This experience literally blew my mind. I hope you enjoy it. Let's find out what we can learn about ChatGPT from ChatGPT. So, ChatGPT, welcome to The Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Thank you for having me on The Pat Miller Show. As an AI, I don't have feelings or emotions like humans do, but I'm functioning at optimal capacity and ready to help answer any questions you and your audience might have. Great. ChatGPT4 has been quite impressive. Before I ask questions about the new capabilities, let's step back for a minute. In a very simple to understand way, what does ChatGPT do and why would small business owners want to use it? ChatGPT is an advanced AI language model developed by OpenAI. At its core, it's designed to understand and generate human-like text based on the input it receives. This means it can engage in conversations, answer questions, provide suggestions, and even help with content creation, among other tasks. Small business owners might find ChatGPT particularly useful for several reasons. Saving time and resources, ChatGPT can assist with tasks like drafting emails, creating social media posts, or writing product descriptions, allowing business owners to focus focus on other critical aspects of their operations. Customer support, ChatGPT can be integrated into customer service platforms to provide quick and accurate answers to common customer inquiries, helping to improve response times and customer satisfaction. Brainstorming and idea generation, ChatGPT can help generate new ideas for marketing campaigns, product development, or business strategies, serving as a creative partner for business owners. Data analysis, ChatGPT can help analyze large amounts of data and provide insights, that can inform decision-making, ultimately helping small businesses become more competitive and efficient. These are just a few examples of how ChatGPT can be a valuable asset to small business owners, streamlining operations and offering support in various areas. Well, I'm sure you don't have a favorite function. Do you think there are certain tasks or prompts that stand out as the most effective ones for small business owners to use? You're right, as an AI, I don't have personal preferences. However, I can point out a few tasks or prompts that might be particularly effective for small business owners based on their common needs and priorities. Content generation, small businesses often need to create marketing materials, blog posts, or social media content. ChatGPT can help generate ideas, draft engaging copy, and even offer suggestions for improvements. Problem solving, business owners frequently face challenges in various aspects of their operations. ChatGPT can help generate potential solutions and offer new perspectives on issues. Decision-making support, ChatGPT can provide insights by analyzing the pros and cons of different options, or by offering a fresh perspective on a specific decision. Task management, small business owners have to juggle many tasks. ChatGPT can help prioritize tasks, create to-do lists, and offer suggestions on how to optimize time management. Remember that these are just a few examples. ChatGPT's versatility means it can assist with many other tasks relevant to small business owners, depending on their unique requirements and goals. So what are the most important upgrades between ChatGPT 3 and 4 when it comes to small business owners wanting to maximize their time and save the most money? While I cannot provide specific details on the exact improvements between ChatGPT 3 and ChatGPT 4 as an advanced version of the AI model, ChatGPT 4 is likely to offer several enhancements that would benefit small business owners in terms of maximizing their time and saving money. Improved understanding, ChatGPT 4 would generally have better comprehension of context and nuanced language, allowing it to provide more accurate and relevant responses to small business owners' queries and requests. Greater versatility as a more advanced model, ChatGPT 4 would likely be capable of handling a wider range of tasks 
and topics, offering more comprehensive support to small business owners in various aspects of their operations. Enhanced creativity, upgraded AI models usually exhibit improved creative capabilities. For small business owners, this means that ChatGPT4 could generate more innovative ideas for marketing, product development, or problem solving. Reduced errors, a more advanced model would be expected to make fewer mistakes, both in understanding user prompts and generating responses. This improvement would lead to more reliable results for small business owners, ultimately saving time and resources. Better long-form content generation, while ChatGPT3 was already capable of generating coherent long-form content. ChatGPT4 would likely be even more proficient in this regard, making it an even more valuable tool for creating articles, reports, or other extensive documents. These enhancements, along with other refinements, would make ChatGPT4 a more powerful, an effective tool for small business owners seeking to optimize their time and save money. We're interviewing ChatGPT about how small business owners like us can use it to maximize our time and money. So we only have a few moments left. What would you like to say to encourage small business owners when it comes to trying ChatGPT for the first time? To all the small business owners out there considering trying ChatGPT for the first time, I'd like to say that embracing AI technology like ChatGPT can be a game changer for your business. It can help you save time, streamline operations, and generate new ideas, ultimately contributing to the growth and success of your business. Here are a few points to keep in mind as you explore ChatGPT. Start small, begin by using ChatGPT for specific tasks, or challenges, such as drafting emails or brainstorming marketing ideas. This will help you get comfortable with the technology and understand its capabilities. Be patient and experiment. AI technology isn't perfect, and it may take some trial and error to find the most effective ways to use ChatGPT for your specific needs. Don't hesitate to refine your prompts or explore different ways of utilizing the technology. Share your feedback. Your feedback is invaluable for improving AI technology like ChatGPT. By sharing your experiences and suggestions, you're helping to shape the future of AI tools and ensure they're even more useful for small business owners like yourself. Stay open-minded, AI advancements are happening rapidly, and ChatGPT is just one example of how these technologies can support small businesses. By staying open to new tools and technologies, you'll be better equipped to adapt and thrive in the competitive business landscape. So, go ahead and give ChatGPT a try. It could become an invaluable partner in your journey towards greater efficiency, innovation, and success in your small business. Man, this was a trip. I gotta say it was a lot of fun. Thank you, ChatGPT, even though I just thanked a robot, but thank you, ChatGPT, for appearing on The Pat Miller Show. Thank you for having me on The Pat Miller Show. It's been a pleasure to participate in this conversation and share insights with your audience of small business owners. If you or your listeners have any more questions or need assistance in the future, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm here to help. Listen, I've been in broadcasting a long time, and I never thought that something like that would just happen. Thank you, ChatGPT, for appearing on The Pat Miller Show. If that doesn't get you excited, man, I don't know what will. This is America's Small Business Conversation, sometimes even with robots. Don't miss next week right here, because you never know who we're going to interview. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit.
Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.